Hey, Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Or good morning or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome back to another post-game recap from the Mavs Outsiders. I'm one half of your host, Maurice Williams, a.k.a. Mind of Reese. Mind of Reese on YouTube, Mind of Reese Reviews on TikTok. At M of R25 on Twitter. Joint as always, are my co-host Bibbs, Michael Bibbins, a.k.a. Bibbs. I just said Bibbs and I, I did at Bibbs Corner on Twitter. Uh, have you seen podcasts? What? Go to the Bibbs Corner website. God damn it. These fucking maps piss me off, man. Like, you, you, you can, I'm about to say you can unmute now. No, I was, I was waiting. I was, if, if you had a rant to get off your chest, I wasn't. I don't to... have, I don't necessarily have a rant because I don't have the energy to rant about these motherfuckers, but it's just like, obviously I'm flustered. <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear it in, in the open, in the opening statement that if you're unaware, uh, which I doubt you are because you're here, the Dallas Mavericks quote unquote defeated the New Orleans Pelicans 111 to 106. And I would like to label this game. This is the trade deadline game. Because it's clear after this game, some of these motherfuckers gotta go, man. They gotta go. They gotta go. Like that's that's the title. Yeah, some of these MFs gotta go. <laughs> that's the title. <laughs> like, like no no holes barred. Like this is unacceptable. Uh, Luca only played twenty three minutes. Mm. He went down with uh thought was an ankle injury but it ended up being like a heel contusion or something yeah, right heel contusion uh it's all the same area he kind of was going down at a weird angle and then he put his foot down and it kind of flexed uh i guess you would say inward yeah and yeah they after the in the press conference just now uh kid came out and said or somebody asked him you know was this a precautionary thing with luca or was he gonna stay out no matter what and he they were he was like no nah, it was he wasn't coming back like it didn't matter what the score was or blah blah obviously it didn't matter what the score was but um it's he's actually hurt like it wasn't like they were being cute with the injury yeah um, now I saw people talking about I hope he comes back before the All Star game I, I don't think it's that deep but it's definitely it could potentially affect Saturday um. I was trying to double check when he went out. I was about to tell you he went down in the third quarter with like seven minutes left. Six forty-seven to be exact. Six forty-seven. Score was fifty-seven to eighty-four. Fifty-seven to eighty-four. Keep that in. now. Remember the score I just told y'all. That's through two, almost two and a half quarters. So twenty-four. We're gonna say twenty-nine minutes and thirteen seconds of gameplay. We were up twenty-seven. And the Pelicans have 54 points. Now, what I would like to know is 
who was winning the quarter up until that point? The quarter itself. Okay, so if it was fifty-seven eighty-four, the start of the quarter, it was forty-three to seventy. So it was fourteen to. We were up fourteen to eleven on the quarter. So we were up fourteen eleven in the quarter, up until Luca went out with seven minutes left. In seven minutes, they scored. 19 points. Mm, no, 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 no. They scored points. 22 points. Because they had 11, right? Yeah. You said 14 to 11. Right. So they scored 19 points. We scored 11 in, in a span of seven minutes. 22 to 11. That's what, yeah, 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 yeah. I said 19. 22 to 11. Even worse. And in the fourth quarter, this team scored 16 points to New Orleans 30. 52 points in 18 minutes and 47 seconds. Now, Luca half their points, half their points pretty much after Luca went down. Luca isn't some, Luca is far from a fucking anchor on defense. So the fact that they're just giving these points up is unacceptable in the first place. And the fact that they're giving this lead up is unacceptable in the first place. This entire second half is unacceptable. This and I saw a tweet that said, hey, we got to stop. No, was it the tweet? No, it was the group chat. Okay. It says they got to start adding. Was it? I don't know. Somebody said they got to start adding Spencer Dinwiddie and some of these trade. Packages. I didn't see it in the trade. In the- okay, then it was Twitter. Then It, it had to be Twitter. Let me look because I'm going to get a person. Oh, it was Glenn. Okay. It was Glenn. Said so it's time to add Spencer Dinwiddie and some of these packages. Probably not saying, hey, we need to trade him. It's just saying like, hey. He's not untouchable. He's not. Well, he was never untouchable. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the trade packages you don't see Spencer in, probably because people like, well, we only got one other fucking ball handler unless we're getting a ball handler back while we trade him, which is true. But that's still an option. Yeah, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't get rid of him. I wouldn't either, but uh, I feel like we need a third person that can dribble, not to get rid of one of the only other people that can dribble. Depends on what, what the deal is. If it's something like, hey, I can't pass this up. Like, if it's Kyrie. All right, now. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> unless we get in the all-star level guard that can, can, can facilitate, I'm going to have a hard time accepting it because we're just going to create a new problem. Are we going to have the same problem? We're just going to have a higher level of performance outside of it. Like we we can mask it more. That that's the problem with his team is that Luca masks a lot. And for casuals, they'll say, you know, Luca's holding the team back or he's dominating the ball, blah, 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 blah. But this game, this game, this game is I, I have been using different examples. It was the first, it was the games where Luca didn't play at all. But no, this game is perfect because for two and a half quarters, we were in complete control because Luca 
was in complete control because that's how Luca is our key to our defense because his ability to manipulate and manage the game by being slowing down the ball, playing his pace and putting pressure because of his efficiency and scoring and creating scoring opportunities, putting pressure on the other team to match his buckets on the other end. Early on, it was a lot of rushing going off and the Pelicans trying to keep up with Luca. That's the same way we beat the Miami Heat because they were so worried about trying to keep up with Luca that they weren't playing their game. That's mental, the mental aspect of the game. As soon as Luca went down, we look like a completely different team because we stopped making shots. The Pelicans started making shots. And now we're the ones trying to match buckets with the other team. And Spencer Dinwiddie, I don't know what he had going on. And I don't know what Josh did to him to where he doesn't like passing the ball to him. But he was he was tripping. Tim Hardaway Jr. couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a, with a, with a bazooka. I, I don't know. I don't know what what happened i do know what happened all the flaws of this team were on full display the only two players that was playing hooping dorian finney smith and josh green i was gonna say that i was gonna say the only people who played well this game who played the entire game were dorian and josh green tim hardaway jr couldn't hit a porch with a nuke and spencer dinwiddie couldn't hit the ocean with a rock What was them shoot numbers? Three for 18 for Tim Hardaway Jr. in 40 fucking minutes. Four for 19 for Dinwiddie. Two of eight, two of 12 from three for Tim Hardaway. I hear the best stat, best stat. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Dinwiddie. Seven for 37. Josh Green, seven for 10. Josh Green made as many shots as Tim and Spencer Dinwiddie in almost one-fourth less shots. And he should have had more shots, but Spencer Dinwiddie was on some bullshit. And I'm not letting this motherfucker slide either. Reggie Bullock, 34 minutes and four points. One for three. Oh, did you see um, they had Josh Green, Skin had Josh Green for the uh, thing. I'm mad because I can't listen to Josh right now. He's talking, but. The post-game interview, yeah. Yeah, Skin had, had Josh Green over there. Reggie Bullock tried to get in the interview. For what? Fuck him. Take your ass to the locker room. Take your ass to another team. Run the water so Josh shower hot when he get back there. Fuck out of here. I, I appreciate Josh going on the interview and saying we can't give up a lead. Like, yeah, y'all can't. Josh, Josh played well, but <laughs> you were part of the team, too. Y'all gave that shit up. 15-4 points, two steals for Josh. Um, he, I think he's still on track for my goal of him getting to 10 points a game. I think he's still on track. You would think we lost this game the way we talking. Damn near did. We damn near did. Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie had me bent in that fourth quarter. I'm just over it, man. I look. I was in here throwing stuff like don't don't say that out loud. Delete that. What you mean?
NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I take advantage of these same-game parlays a lot. I'll take some money. Usually, I don't bet big. Usually, I'll bet $10. But for a same-game, no-sweat parlay, I'll take about $25. I'll take about $50. Do a nice, small parlay. If it hits... I get my money, I win big. If not, I get $50 in free bets to try again on something else. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Look, all these all these rumors and fake rumors and people claiming they know stuff, all these rumors about Christian Wood and, and Dorian. Y'all were up it. I know Dorian played well today. Don't don't use that to reinforce all this shit. I'ma just address it. I don't think Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt for Dorian is a bad trade. Mm. I don't either. Jay Vanderbilt's young. I don't know who y'all think Dorian Finney-Smith is. He's getting older. He's already showing the signs. I would not trade Dorian for either of them straight up. No, it got to be both. I got to get my young guy. I got to get somebody that can help us right now. And the thing is, I don't even think the money works for them both for Dorian. Um, I can pull it up. I got the fans for open right now because, uh, Brooklyn Nets cast asked me what it would take to get Dorian on the Brooklyn. Um, who is it? The Seth Jazz. Curry. Say what? I'll take Seth Curry and something else. I said Seth, uh, Cam Johnson, or is it Cam Reynolds? Um, and Cam Reynolds. Who is Cam Reynolds? The, the guard. Cam Thomas. Is it Cam Thomas? What did I say? I got all kinds of cams in my mind right now. Did I make up Cam Reynolds? Yes, yeah, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas, my bad. I don't know who Cam Reynolds is. I said Seth, Cam Thomas, and Dayron Sharp. And uh, uh, he said he'll and two second round picks. I asked for a first. He said two seconds. So Seth. I ain't gonna lie, that's too much for Dorian. I, he didn't he didn't think it was. Well, that's why he's not the GM. <laughs> I'm saying, like, people Mavs were fans were telling him that they don't have enough assets to get Dorian Finney Smith. That's fucking crazy. Who do y'all think Dorian Finney-Smith is? (laughs) Not enough assets for Dorian. Every team in the league has enough assets for Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm going to be honest. What's your asking price? First round pick? Yes. One first round pick? Yes. I say a first round pick and a young player. Well, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And the only reason... My bad, my bad, my bad. I thought you just meant like as far as just picks. I'm not trading him just for a pitch. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I remember we had this conversation last season because it's crazy how 
it is so crazy how much difference a fucking year makes. Mm. I think it was either the offseason or the trade deadline last year where it was rumors going around that um, the Mavericks could trade or a team was willing to trade a, um, a lottery pick. Yes, it was last year, I think. A lottery pick for Dorian Finney-Smith. And all Mass fans was like, of course you take that deal. Like, well, not all of them. Some people weren't, but majority were like, of course you take that deal. Let's get the draft pick. And we were like, um, no. What why the fuck would we do? Why would you just trade a draft pick when first of all, this team does not have a great history of drafting? Right. Uh, you don't know who's gonna be in the no, why would you do that? Like, just for that straight up, you're crazy. And now look at them. They wouldn't even trade them for two players. Two proven players. I was going to say, Vanderbilt was a high commodity, like, not that long ago. The only reason he's on the outs in Utah is because they brought in him and Walker Kessler to see who who complimented uh, Laurie the best, and they decided it's Walker Kessler. He is literally on defense, which y'all hype up the white power to be. He's pretty much what Dorian was a couple years ago as far as um, being a, a guy with a little bit of shooting potential. Like, he could improve in that area. A if def- opportunity. Putting Jared Vanderbilt out there with Maxie at the same time, I think is, oh my goodness, that's fantastic. You got two bigs out there who can defend in the paint and on a perimeter. How many teams can say they have two of those? I'm looking at his uh, information. He's 23. I believe Dorian might have been 24 when he got to the NBA. Well, Dorian, like 29 now. Right? Right. I'm just kind of putting it in perspective, like, where Vanderbilt is now and where Dorian was at that age. Shit, how old is Malik Beasley? Malik Beasley is younger than I realized. I don't know why I thought he was older. He's 26. Yeah, I was about to say he's like 25, 26. So that's two dudes you got coming in that are 23 and 26 on two-year contracts that you're going to have rights to in a couple of years to re-sign to stay with Luka for long for a long time. Dorian Finney-Smith, we, we see it. You're looking at these dudes on his team. Once they cross that age of 30, they start going downhill quickly sometimes, especially if a big part of their game is tied to their athleticism. We saw how Dorian Finney-Smith looked at the start of this year when he was a little sore. Like that's that soreness is going to be more regular when you cross 30 and he's about to do that. You don't wait until he stops playing well to try to trade him. You have to do it now. He's not going to be useful to us in, in, in when Luca's in his prime, if you plan to have Luca in his prime, if you've accepted that Luca's gone and you just want to go all in right now, then by all means, hold on to the old people. But I would like to, to operate with my feet in both lanes. <sighs> I don't want to go too long. By the way, the money would not work exactly. They would have to take something else from us to make the, the money work. We're yeah, I like figured that was the case. Four million short, so we maybe would throw in Frank, maybe uh, Theo. They're both throw in either of those. And they're both expiring. So that, that should get us closer. They probably wouldn't take JaVal. 
on top of that, we would have depth, which is something, you know what? I'm not about to just. There's one other trade I wanted to bring up, or one trade thing that, that will happen that I wanted to talk about briefly. Go ahead. We were good on time. We can stop whenever. Um, saw that uh, the, the latest news now is that the Knicks are divided on whether or not they want Reggie Bullock for, for uh, Cam Reddish. Okay. Um, so initially the reports made it sound like we were the ones that were hesitant. This new report makes it sound like the Knicks are the ones that are hesitant. And I believe that this trade is going to happen. It's very likely to happen, I should say, unless some other suitor comes in. But both teams don't want to add more to the deal. And so the only way it's going to happen is if it's straight up, pretty much. Like it came from us acting like we didn't, we weren't sure we wanted to do it because we love Reggie Bullock, like trying to get the Knicks to add some sweeteners. And now the Knicks are acting like they're not sure they even want Reggie Bullock trying to get us to not ask for the sweetness, basically. So basically, this trade ain't happening. No, it sounds like it could happen. This is negotiation. We're still a week away. It sounds like it could happen, but no, neither team want, we want more from them and they don't want to give us more. So right. somebody's going to have to compromise and I, I, I'm taking that compromise personally, but we'll see how, how uh, Nico operates. You can't be, you, you had to pull the trigger at some point. The, the upside, the way we win is by developing Cam Reddish. I believe that we can do that. Okay. In my opinion. I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can give jo- uh, Jason Kidd is that he has not stunted a young guy. That, yeah, that is true. He does. He's done well. Strike record with developing young talent. What he's done with Josh Green has been good it's been slower than i might have liked it but it's still working out even in milwaukee he was good at developing young right young guys like i can't say he's broken a young guy like that yeah so and cam reddish still has a whole lot of potential like he's not even close to his ceiling yet he's college age like this one said like you can't give up on a kid that's college age you can't i personally i try not to give up on him either five years into their contract or till they're at least about 25. If they, once they hit 25, if you ain't seeing no signs of some development or something there, then it, it's probably not going to happen. And Cam Reddish, I don't even think falls into that camp because I've seen him shoot 38% from three. Um, and I think he can do, we, we basically just need to get him back to what he was. And then we can worry about potentially exploding that out into something else. If you think about what Cam Reddish's ceiling could be, that's the perfect player you want next to Luca. Like I cannot, I cannot emphasize this enough. People talk about archetypes like ah, oh, uh, Paul George next to Luca, or Jalen Brown next to Luca, and they're unreal. Well, Paul George may not be as unrealistic as we think, considering how this season goes. But I'm not saying Cam Reddish is going to be Paul George or Jalen Brown. But if he can be half of them, I'll say he's a six-eight guard forward. <clears throat> yeah, we've seen him have a good shooting season, so it's not like his shot is completely broken. If he's pre-All-Star Jalen Brown, that's fucking good. I'm saying, and he's averaged double figures four seasons or three seasons. Like it's not like we're pretending he can get there. We we've seen it. He averaged ten his rookie year, eleven his second year, and ten last year. 
he can he can do it if playing. And I'm looking at his efficiency. His efficiency isn't terrible. This year he got down to 30% from three, but you got to look at how irregular his minutes were. Last year in Atlanta, he was shooting 38%. He came to New York, it dropped dramatically. He still finished the year at 36%. But he comes to Dallas. He's going to be in regular rotation minutes. He's going to be getting great looks. He's not going to be asked to create a ton. He's basically a taller Josh Green. Like, we'd have two versions of Josh Green. We'd have Josh Green short and Josh Green tall at bare minimum. Would you like another Josh Green on the team? I would say yes. I would say yes, even though I think his offensive repertoire is – a little deeper, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying like he he can he has different like Josh Green is strong. He has a strong base, but he doesn't have the length that Cam Reddish has. I think Cam has a better ability or potential ability to create for himself or for others. For himself, yeah. I think Josh may be a little bit better of a creator for others. Cam probably a better creator for himself. Yeah, Josh is starting to develop that though. He had some nice drives today. He took he took uh, CJ off the bounce a couple times, and he took uh, Larry Nance. He bodied him up a couple times. It was funny because then when he tried to do- drive on Larry Nance and got swatted, should have passed it to Josh anyway. That's a whole we covered that enough. But then Josh went on drove on Nance twice, bodied him up, and, and got his shot off. He missed one of them, but he got his shot off. Just putting it out there. Oh, this, this trade deadline is going to be very interesting slash stressful, man. I, I got to make sure I'm available for an emergency fund. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Like, uh, I know we just agreed. And should we tell them the, the plan for the uh, Saturdays? Yeah. So uh, you want to tell them or? Uh, basically, um, we've come to the conclusion that with, if there's a game on Saturday and there's a game on Monday, we will not record a post-game recap for the Saturday game. We'll talk about it on Sunday instead because then we'd be doing three podcasts three days in a row. And I may not have much of a life, but I got a little bit of a life. We ain't trying to do that shit. <laughs> Basically. Uh, I ain't in the streets like that, but I I, I do like to, to rest from time to time. Which which helps because that means I can go see Knock at the Cabin this Saturday if if that's the case. I might or I might just go um tomorrow. All right. I'm going I'm definitely going Saturday. I'm gonna see Knock at the Cabin around noon and then I'm gonna see Living, the movie. I think the actor got nominated for best director or best actor. Okay. I had never even heard of the movie, but it's going to be at my indie theater, and I haven't been there since like the top of the pandemic, so I'm going to slide down there, catch that on Saturday, too. I'm going to try to see two movies. I'm going to see one Friday and one Saturday. I just don't know the order. I still want to see Missing. Um, I'm going to see that, and I'm going to see Knock at the Cabin, and then like beginning of next week, I'll probably see uh, a man called Otto. Got you. I think um, so. Tyler said he is going to be down to do the uh, knock at the cabinet review, so we'll coordinate that between us three. Have you talked to Shaw about you people? Um, 
I'll talk to you about that after we get off here. Okay. Speaking of which, oh shit! No, I was going to watch it tomorrow morning because I'm off tomorrow. Okay, it's no rush. We can, and if you do that, maybe we can knock both of those out back to back or something. Okay, cool. Depending on how your Sunday look. All right, all right. Uh, with that being said, um, <laughs> we'll highlight y'all Sunday, not Saturday. So, so don't tweet us like, "Oh, where's the post game part?" You ain't listen. <laughs> Hope he is. We'll see y'all sat. I was, oh my God. <laughs> we will see y'all Sunday. I'm confusing y'all now. Fuck, that's my fault. We will see y'all Sunday for the weekly recap. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.